Well, today we're starting a brand new series entitled Undefeated. Because if we're really honest, there are moments and even seasons where it goes from being just down to really feeling defeated. We feel like life has shown up and handed us a bunch of losses. We experience disappointment, hurt, betrayal. We experience pain in our life, maybe in our body. And we wonder, God, why? Why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel defeated? Maybe some of you are coming in today and you find yourself in a place where you feel defeated. Maybe there was a promotion that you hoped for and it went to someone else. Maybe someone at your work, they've been gossiping about you and spreading false rumors about you and you feel discouraged because people are believing it. Maybe for some of you, you are experiencing the pain of seeing one of your children fall ill and you don't know why. The doctors can't explain what's happening. Maybe you have multiple family members in the hospital. Maybe you've experienced the sting of a spouse telling you, I don't love you anymore and I just want a divorce. Maybe you've experienced the pain and loss of a family member. Maybe you've, you're walking in with a smile on your face, but you have sadness in your heart and you're saying, God, I don't understand. Where are you at? Today, I wanna reassure you that God is present and that Jesus is close by. The Bible tells us that he is close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. In fact, when we feel defeated, he knows exactly what that feels like. Part of the sting of life is the fact that when these situations happen, we feel wounded, we feel hurt inside. We don't know what to do with the pain that we feel. I wanna reassure you that Jesus went to the cross to help us when we feel both wounded and defeated. In fact, he died so that we could live undefeated. And this is good news. This is good news that even in the moments when life is desperate, when life is difficult, when we experience the pain and the hurt of life, that he's right here, right next to us. I wanna invite you to lean in today. We're gonna to discover how Jesus allowed himself to experience the sting of the cross and the death of the cross so that we could live. In fact, I've titled today's message, The Five Wounds of Christ. The Five Wounds of Christ. For you see, when Jesus on his way to the cross and even on the cross, he experienced wounds in his body. And the wounds that he experienced speak to the places in our life where we experience pain. We experience pain in our mind, in our heart, in our emotions, in our spirit, pain in our physical body and even in our relationships. And Jesus took on those wounds to tell us that we can run to him and share with him the pain that we experience in life and he's there to help us. Even though getting wounded is inevitable, staying wounded is not. We don't have to stay wounded, we can get healed. You've heard people say, hurt people hurt people. It's true. Wounded people wound people. But the good news is that we serve a God that has been healed and healed people heal people. And Jesus can do that for each one of us. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I need the help. I need you to help me with the wounds that I'm carrying. And he'll say, I know exactly what it feels like and I can help you. Jesus can heal you 
where you've been hurt. So today I wanna invite you to join me in the book of Isaiah chapter 53. Open up your Bible, open up your Westover app. We're gonna look at the word of God together. We're gonna discover how the wounds of Jesus bring healing to our life. Let me tell you a little bit about the book of Isaiah. It was written by a guy by the name of Isaiah. And it tells us what God did back then for the people then. But there's one chapter, in fact, it's one chapter in, in several chapters where God gave Isaiah words that were a prophecy about the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want us to lean into this, Isaiah 53. This passage that I'm about to share with you foretells the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, it was given 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And today we can discover something about Jesus from this passage. Isaiah 53, verses three, four, and five. Let's look at the word of God together. It says this, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. This was his experience when he came. Verses four and five say this. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. But here is the good news. I love how verse five ends. It says this, by his wounds, we are healed. Say that with me. By his wounds, we are healed. That's good news today. That's good news today that the Jesus we serve carried wounds in his body so that we didn't have to live wounded. We could be free from the pain and the hurt of life. He could turn our wounds into scars that tell the testimony of what God can do to heal us. And today I wanna to lean into these five wounds and I invite you to look beyond just the profound pain of Jesus and look at the miracle, the spiritual miracle that he did through his wounds. Here's the first wound. His back was whipped. In fact, I invite you to say it with me. His back was whipped. Now I invite you to fast forward 700 years into the New Testament in Mark chapter 15. We get a record and an account of what Jesus experienced in his body. It says this in verse 15. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. And then he had Jesus flogged. Now, for those of you who may not realize, Pilate was the Roman leader of the time in that area. And he was the one wanting to satisfy the crowd that was saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And the people in that time, they actually asked that they would release a criminal by the name of Barabbas. Barabbas was a criminal, but Jesus was sinless. And there was a swap in that. And I want us to realize that Jesus took the place of Barabbas, but he also took our place. He took our sin and our shame upon him and he allowed his back to be whipped. The reason why he allowed his back to be whipped is because in our back, it speaks of our strength and our stamina. We talk about having a backbone or having a spine or being strong. We also talk about hard labor as being back-breaking work. 
And the truth is, is that in life, we're going to experience disappointments and frustrations. There's going to be moments and situations that seem to sap us of our strength. We don't have enough strength to move forward. There's more commitments and more difficulty than strength to go around. Jesus allowed himself to be whipped in his back. And the image that I have in my mind is, it says what a parent does when a storm comes, what do they do? They cover their kids and they protect them. And this is what Jesus did. We're all his children. He says, I'm gonna cover you and I'm gonna take stripes on my back to carry the pain that life wants to deal on you to steal your strength. He allowed his back to be whipped to protect us. In fact, Jesus said this of himself in Matthew 11. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's good news today. For you see, a yoke was something that was put upon an animal to allow them to move something heavy forward. And sometimes life yokes us with pain and suffering and difficulty. And Jesus, as it were, says, I'm gonna come along and I'm gonna lift the yoke off of you. I'm gonna lift the yoke of burden and pain that you've been carrying and I wanna carry it for you. I took stripes in my back so that you could walk right alongside me and I am willing to shoulder the pain and the struggle of your life. If you're facing a moment in your life where you feel like life is breaking you down and crumbling you to dust, I wanna reassure you that Jesus can carry the load that you're carrying. All we have to do is offload it to him and he'll carry it for us. This is the Jesus that we serve. Here's the second wound of Christ. His head was crowned with thorns. I want to invite you to say it with you, say it with me for the reason of allowing it to internalize in your heart. His head was crowned with thorns. It says this in verses 17 and following. They twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And then look what the Roman soldiers did. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. They despised him. They mocked him. They allowed the crown of thorns to enter into his head and to pierce his head. Even the place where he was crucified speaks of the pain in his mind and in his heart. It says this in verse 22, they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Jesus was wounded in his head because the fact is, is that many of us, we experience headaches, physical headaches, but more importantly, we experience pain in our life. Worry, anxiety, fear, concerns, thoughts that go on and on and on, things that plague us in our mind. And Jesus said, I wanna step in and I wanna give you peace in your mind. For you see, there's moments when we experience word wounds from people of our past. Many of us were 20, 30 years removed from something someone said when we were eight or nine where they said, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty or handsome enough, you'll never be enough. And we carry those word wounds in our heart. And then those word wounds create a space in our life where we're insecure, where we think, it must be true, I am not enough, I don't have what it takes, I can't make it happen, I'll never get better, things won't ever get better. And then that creates space for the enemy to work in our mind and to bring condemnation to our heart, 
where the enemy says, you truly don't deserve God's very best. Better is possible for everybody else, but not for you. You're too far gone. God will never forgive you. There's no hope for you. And we walk in with defeat in our mind. We experience the barbs and the pain. We experience anxiety, panic attacks, intimidation, memories of abuse, thoughts of suicide, major depression, PTSD, even the plague of thoughts of past abortions. I'm here to reassure you that Jesus wants to bring peace and speak shalom over your mind today. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you the peace that can only come from him. You don't have to suffer with a tear-stained pillow and insomnia at night where you're ruminating and thinking about all the things that you did wrong. He wants to replace that and tell you you're valuable and you have purpose and I'm here to set you free and I want to give you the mind of Christ and I want to encourage your heart and I want to give you a new mind and a new thought, thought pattern in your life. He was wounded in his head to save us from the wounds of life that happen in our, in our mind. Here's the third wound of Christ. Say it with me. His hands were nailed. His hands were nailed. His hands were nailed. It says this in verse 24. They, the Roman soldiers, they crucified him. He was willing to extend his hands to be crucified, to express his love. Why? Because our hands, our hands, they speak of relationships. They speak of connection. When we greet someone, we wave at them. We say hello, we extend a hand. We shake their hand. We even embrace the people that we love. We protect our children with our hands. On our hands, for those of us who are married, we have a ring and it speaks of our connection and our relationship and our commitment to relationship. He's wounded in his hands because he knew that we would be wounded in relationships. We would experience pain and suffering in relationships. Why? Because hurt people hurt people and broken people often break other people. He knew that we would experience this. In fact, he experienced that same rejection. Verse three again tells us of Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, and he was familiar with pain. People hid their faces from him and he was held in low esteem. He knew exactly what it was. In fact, there's a passage in Psalm 22, verse 16, written by King David. And it speaks to the suffering Jesus would experience why you look at this, it says this, dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. If you've ever felt like there has been dogs encircling you and villains attacking you, Jesus knows what that feels like. In fact, because of our sin, we were the ones who put him on the cross. We were the ones who wounded him first in relationship. But I want to reassure you that even though we've been a product of, we've been partly to blame to put Jesus on the cross, I want to reassure you that he's always saying, just come back to me. I want to have relationship with you. I extended my hands and bled from my body so that you would know that you are loved. He came 
to bring restoration and healing to relationships. I know that there's some of you who are here today where they're in some area of your life that relationships aren't going the way you'd hope for. I wanna reassure you that Jesus took wounds in his hands so that you could be healed in relationships. And even though the relationship may not be healed between you and the other person, you can still ask for forgiveness. You can still do your part to make it better and God can give you peace to tell you you've done enough. For you see, he allowed his, nail, his hands to be nailed to a cross. I've heard someone say that it wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross, it was his love for us. He extends his hands to us and he wants to embrace us. Here's the fourth wound of Christ. His feet were nailed, say it with me. His feet were nailed. The nails of Jesus were actually prophesied all the way back in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter three, it says this. So the Lord God said to the serpent, who is Satan, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Why was he wounded in his feet? Because our feet speak of the path of life in the direction that we're on. The enemy always wanting to stop us from achieving the destiny of God. Some of you, you've been experiencing a lot of opposition in your life. There have been things that have come after you and after your family, and you're wondering, God, why is this happening? Sometimes it's just life happening, but sometimes it's the enemy of your soul trying to keep you from moving forward. The enemy wants to keep you from being close to God, but he also wants to keep you from achieving the purpose of God in your life. For you see, our feet speak of the direction of our life. We talk about footprints in the sand. We talk about putting our best foot forward. We talk about some of us when we get hurt, it's about stubbing our toe. Some of us did that this morning. <laughs> Stubbed our toe. Keeps us from moving forward. Jesus was allowed to be wounded in his feet because he knew we would suffer in the direction. Sometimes we just need Jesus to carry us. I'm reminded by that picture that I saw recently of two sets of footprints in the sand and then one set of footprints in the sand. And I'm reminded that there's sometimes in life when Jesus just picks you up and he carries you. And if you're at a place where you feel like, God, I can't move forward, then just ask Jesus to pick you up. Let him carry you to the destiny he has for you and say, God, I'm willing to rest myself in your hands. I'm willing to allow you to, to lead me forward. He has a path of redemption for you. Some of you may feel like, I'm too far gone. I've ran away from God. There's no hope for me. It doesn't matter if you've ran 5,000 miles away from God, you're only one step away from getting close to him. We're only one step away. Why? Because he's always close right next to us saying, I want relationship with you. We can run back to him. We can run back to him. Don't let the enemy convince you that Jesus won't receive you. If you're willing to call out to him and make him Lord and Savior of your life, he'll be right there, right next to you. He wants to help you walk in peace. He walked a hard road to the cross so that you and I, we could walk in peace. And today we're gonna give you an opportunity to walk back to Jesus, to journey to him, to walk to him, to experience his peace and his love. I wanna share with you the final wound of Jesus. Number five, his heart was pierced. 
Say it with me. His heart was pierced. His heart was pierced for us. In John chapter 19, verse 34, it says this. One of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. This week, as I was preparing this message, I was doing some study. I wanted to understand what the blood of, the flow of blood and water was all about. And I read some medical professionals talk about what that was all about. And they said there's a condition that happens when there's significant heart distress, where the heart gets so stressed that it reacts negatively to the pain and suffering it's experiencing. And when Jesus' heart was pierced and what flowed from it was water and blood, it, reflect, it reflects the fact that Jesus died of a heart attack. In fact, the writer of what I was reading was saying that a better way to think about it is his heart was torn in two physically. Jesus, he died of a broken heart because he knew that we would experience heartaches and heartbreaks and disappointments and pain in our life, unsufferable pain. You may feel like no one understands the pain that you're experiencing the suffering you have in your heart of a lost relationship or a lost hope or you may feel like there's no hope for you. You may feel like you have a broken life and a broken marriage and a broken future. Jesus allowed his heart to be broken so that we could be healed. Some of you know my dad is a doctor. And as I was growing up, I overheard him talk about about the sicknesses and the illnesses that would come in. You'd tell us, there's a bunch of people who came in with flu. Someone came in with a broken leg. Someone just lost a family member. And what he would do is he would pray, God, be with them. In fact, as I was growing up, there'd be people who would come up to me and say, your dad's been such a blessing. Your parents have been such a blessing. They helped me out. They helped me out with this specific thing and they came to visit me in the hospital. I remember seeing my dad go to the hospital in the middle of the night, early mornings, late nights, providing medical care for free. And he was there willing to help people. But even though my father helped them, one thing he always told me was this, son, it's Jesus who heals. It's Jesus who heals. I just show up and I do what I can, but Jesus is the one who does it. And I'm here to remind you, yes, some of us may be medical professionals or counselors or people who help others, but all of that pales in, in comparison to what Jesus can do. Jesus allowed his heart to be broken so that we could have a whole life. Jesus gave his life to heal our wounds. And today he wants to minister healing to each one of us. And I want to invite you. I want to invite you to entrust the wounds that you're experiencing in your life to him. Because he loves you. He cares about you. And he wants you to know that he's right here, right next to you. And so today as I close, I want to invite you to stand with me.
I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus because Jesus gave his life so that we could have hope, so that we could be undefeated even in the moments when we feel defeated. I believe all of us, we want healing in our life, but the only way we can get lasting healing is by having Jesus a part of our life. In fact, having him at the center of our life. And I wanna give you an opportunity today before we step into a moment of worship. We're actually gonna have our prayer team here up, up, up at the front and they're gonna pray with you. And, they're, and if you need healing today, they're gonna anoint you with oil and they're gonna pray over you that you'd experience the healing. But I think the greatest healing that Jesus wants to do is he wants to do it within us. He wants to do it in our heart. I wanna give you that opportunity today. Here at Westover, we believe saying yes to Jesus is as clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus because we need him. We really do. B, believing in our heart that he died on the cross to forgive our sins and to give us hope in a future. And C, confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to forgive us and to be the Lord of our life. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. So I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. I know there's some of you who are here today and you're feeling enormous pain and grief and you're hungry and you're desiring for your heart to be healed, your life to be healed, your physical body to be healed. And Jesus is saying, I want you to come to me. I know there's some of you who are here today and you know you need Jesus. You've heard about Jesus, but you know you need him in your life today. I wanna give you that opportunity I want you to say yes to Jesus. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to be connected to him. And so here's what I'm gonna ask. If, if you're at a place in your life where you know you need Jesus, I wanna invite you to raise your hand on the count of three. You're not joining this church. In fact, you're just saying yes to him. So here it is. Here's your opportunity to say yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Yes, yes, there's hands going up all across this auditorium. I wanna reassure you that Jesus sees you. He sees you and he knows you. He knows what you've been experiencing and he wants you to experience his presence and his power. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna say a prayer together. We're gonna to say it all of us out loud, but we're gonna say it from our heart. I invite each one of us to say this. Say, Jesus, I need you today. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for taking wounds in your body to heal my wounds. Today I want relationship with you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I choose to put you in charge of my life. Help me follow you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you just said that, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. I wanna invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. And also wanna invite you to consider being a part of our, our Faith Essentials class where you can learn about the questions of faith that you may have. You can get those questions answered or knowing Jesus where you can actually connect with Jesus and get to know him a little bit better. But now what I wanna do is I wanna invite our prayer team to come forward. We're gonna step into a moment of worship.